0: Hello everyone, welcome back to DMC podcast episode number 51 and today we are joined by a very special guest, Serena Dodd. Serena is a successful life and business coach and the host of the Soul Driven podcast, which focuses around inspiration and motivation. Thank you for joining us today, Serena.
1: Oh, thanks guys for having me. I'm really excited to be here.
2: And yeah, so Serena, we have actually had a life coach on this podcast before, way back in episode five, when the podcast was in its early doors. We had a guy called Sachin, who is known as Spoon of Consciousness. And for those that don't know, what's the main difference between being a life coach and being someone who coaches life coaches like yourself?
1: Oh, such a good question, because there isn't a huge amount of difference. You know, when you're doing anything to yourself, it's a lot harder so you know when life coaches understand the tools that you need to manage your mind and that really is what life coaching is all about it's about taking where you are at present and deciding what you want for the future and find, figuring out the steps to get there and that really works across the spectrum. Um, when, I, when you work with life coaches you kind of don't need to tell them the tools you're just helping them see their mind again and it's it, it's hard to do that on yourself as a life coach. So as a life coach who teaches and, and, and coaches life coaches, I also add the extra element of bringing in that sort of business mentorship. So not only am I helping people with their mindset, but I'm also working from a strategic point of view to help them get clients and help them build their business.
2: That sounds interesting because a lot of the times, you know, people assume that life coaches know what they're on about and they know everything in terms of oh this person just has their life together but you know in terms of a life coach they have to of course learn how to coach people in their own lives did you yourself have a life coach as well before getting into becoming a life coach you coached life coaches
1: oh my goodness I've had several life coaches I had a life coach before I knew anything really about life coaches Um, and I have to say when you are someone who has sort of just gone, okay, well, let's just, let's just have a life coach and you haven't really thought about it. It doesn't resonate to the point that if you sit down and say, actually, I really need help with confidence. I really need help with imposter syndrome. I really need help losing weight or whatever it is. And you really focus on the person that you want. That's when you're going to get results because you, you invest in that person, you invest in yourself. And so the results come by really absorbing what they have to say. So I have had life coaches in the past that haven't really worked for me because I wasn't in that headspace. And um, I have had coaches since I've become a coach who have helped me from a business perspective, a mindset perspective. And it has it has really transformed the way that I think, the way that I Um, I'm in my business. And it's an interesting point that you say. And I think a lot of it was one of the first comments someone ever said to me right at the beginning when I said, right, this is what I'm going to start doing is people think, oh, life coaches, you've got all your life sorted. I can categorically tell you anyone who says that they have as a life coach is lying. (laughs) It, you know, it's like a doc, you know, it's like seeing a doctor spoke, I suppose. It's not that you don't It's not that you don't try constantly to better your life, to know the best way to work your mind and your brain. It doesn't mean that you are going to then go ahead and act upon it. So you are constantly working on yourself to better yourself, to better your life, but you're human at the same time. So life's a balance and it's making that balance a little bit more even than than not so even.
0: Yeah, just to jump in, uh, you mentioned that your headspace wasn't, you didn't feel like it was right when you were getting coached initially. Uh, when did that transition happen when you noticed that, oh, I actually am um, understanding why a life coach is important and the values that they provide for you? Like, when did you start noticing that?
1: So I didn't until I I got to the end of my old career. So I used to be in events, I used to um, event direct. Um, and I had my own business and I was fully fledged in that for a really long period of time. And it would just absorb every aspect of my life. And I got to the point then where it was a a few years ago now where I'd had enough. And I'd been thinking about it actually for about six years, (laughs) um, which is way too long. Um, but I had been thinking about it for about six years and I got to a point where I finished a project I sort of had my head down for six months. I kind of finished the project, looked up and another six months had gone. And there were other aspects of my life that I really wanted to work on. And I just said, this is not working for me now. The way that this is working, is not working for me. So I stopped what I was doing because I'd been thinking about it for too long. And I just said, right, I I don't know where I'm going to go with this, but I'm just going to stop working in this industry. And I'm just going to see what happens. And I just... I started to listen to podcasts. I started to um, resonate with a couple of people who were life coaches. I'm very mathematical, so I don't like fluff. I like things that are pretty dead certain. And I was like, this stuff sounds plausible. It sounds really interesting. It sounds like it's got some sort of science behind it. And I started to learn more and more about it. And that is when, as soon as I got an understanding of what it was, that's when I started to listen more and the more I listened the more I got involved the more I wanted to do it.
0: Yeah and we looked at your portfolio because you sent it it to us and we noticed that you worked with like some really big people like you mentioned David Beckham, Usain Bolt and I was about to say you kind of answered the fact that why you decided to make that transition but do you feel like the communication skills and the skills that you've gained from previous jobs have been able to like scale well with what you're doing right now and how important do you think the old stuff that you were doing translates to what your business is like nowadays?
1: You no, know, it's that um, that's really interesting because I didn't think it would. I didn't think i needed that. Um, but having worked, so I started. I started my career in in TV, and it sort of it sort of merged into. Um, events and having done the whole element of presenting to clients, having being able being able to sell, um, being able to kind of build up the confidence to do certain things that I wasn't fully comfortable with, actually all sews into what I do now. And it's, it's amazing because I think that there are elements of every single person's life that you think that are irrelevant until they become really relevant. And I noticed that in particular, when I started working on myself and working as a life coach, that in order to grow my business, in order to help others, I needed to pull on these pieces of 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 knowledge that I had pieces of experience that I had from the past that I never thought were relevant and actually I wouldn't be the coach that I am today without them
2: that's like hearing that right now I'm just thinking damn that's stuff that I may have you know not even paid two two pence of thought to could actually be so important in the future in my life, to be honest. So that's really interesting to hear that. Thanks, Serena. I'm literally like (laughs) noting these things down. I'm noting these things down myself, Um, but we've, you know, it's quite clear that many people find such large scale change difficult. And, you know, of course your journey isn't without difficulties. And I'm sure we'll talk about that a bit later on, but in terms of other people finding it hard to make such a necessary change in their own lives, What advice would you give based on your experience how to just make a difficult change do you know
1: i think i think people are scared and i i i'm telling you this from completely personal experience i i was stuck for so long you know doing a job that was paying really well was you know i knew every i knew so many people in the industry like who leaves their job that you know does that Uh, but yet i wasn't really happy or satisfied with what i was doing and i couldn't see a future for myself in that um and i then just went boom this is it i i don't know what i'm going to do next but i'm just stopping what i'm doing right now because it's not serving me in the areas that i need it to be serving me You don't need to go that far. You don't, you don't need to spend six years thinking about it. You, you don't need to quit and then just worry about like what's coming next. Um, it's really important to know that mindset is everything. So if you are considering a change, if you're not happy in your job, if you're not happy with your circumstances, then the best thing that you can possibly do is start asking yourself open-ended questions um, start asking yourself things like, what do I want out of life? How can I get there? And as much as that sounds really, really mundane, it is far better to ask those questions, get the creative mind flowing than thinking, this is my life. This is what I'm stuck with because our brain, it does not want to move out of what is comfortable. And sometimes what is comfortable is being really uncomfortable and being stuck cause we're so used to it. But if we're able to ask ourselves some questions and follow them through a little bit. So for example, if you wanted to lose weight and you felt like you just never had any time and it's never going to happen, what ways can you lose weight? You know what? I can do a 10 minute walk in the morning, or I can do a 10 minute hit in the morning every single morning and continue that through. If I want to change career, uh, because I'm not happy, but I feel like my circumstances won't allow me to do so. I've got a mortgage, I've got kids, I've you know, like all these things that, that prevent us from even exploring any of those ideas. Well, what's the harm in exploring a podcast that talks about career change? What is the harm in, in doing a, an online course that is going to allow you to look at the different opportunities that you may have available to you that will allow you to start exploring the life that you wanna live. So instead of doing what I did, which was this sort of like boom, massive, forget the job, let's see what happens, phase. Um, just doing small steps, each step will get you to that next place. It's, it's just allows you a huge exploration of what is possible. And trust me, there are people out there with four kids who were in debt you know, five years ago, like 100 grand in debt and all of that sort of stuff. And they started making those steps to the point where they are making a change to other people's lives. They're making a change to their family's life and they're allowing themselves the freedom that they never ever thought was possible five, six, seven years ago. So it is possible if people are doing it, it is possible.
2: Yeah, and you know, Manny and I, we're, we're still quite young, you know, we're still young, we're only 21 years of age, both of us, we've got a lot of things that will need to change in our lives and a lot of, you know, change that will need to be made. Do you think that, depending on age group, for example, so say if someone's younger, like myself and Manny, or uh, in their teenage years, compared to someone perhaps in their 40s or 50s, do they need to approach change in a different way, uh, if compared to their young counterparts, or does it generally small changes is the way to do things?
1: Do you know when you are when you're younger when you're in your teens and in your 20s your mind is so much more future focused than in your 30s 40s 50s and 60s because you're always striving for the next thing so whether that is whether your your life is surrounded and focused on family then you know you focus on on finding your partner and 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 sort of creating a home and a family for yourself if it's career then it, you 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 want to go the next step you always want to keep striving for the next step next step next step and what happens at the end of like towards the end of your twenties your mindset starts to 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 almost settle to change so that you start thinking in a way that is more past based rather than future based mainly because you have got really what you what you've wanted to acquire to a maybe a substandard level, maybe a great level, you know, who, who knows, but the likelihood is by the time you've hit 28, 29, 30, you've probably found someone or you've, you've got to a level in your career that you're relatively satisfied with. And you know, the next path to next path to take, you might have a mortgage, all those things start to happen. and, And of course life changes and society changes each decade, but on the whole, by the time we hit 28, 29, 30, We become far less future focused and far more past focused. And it's really important to as as someone in their 30s and someone in their 40s and 50s to start swapping that round because the excitement when you are in your 20s and when you are in your teens of the future is incredible. And so if you are making those changes, you as as a sort of someone in their early 20s, there's almost less to lose. So you want to go for it as much as you possibly can. Later on, when you've got more responsibility, maybe it's a maybe it's a higher level in, in your job, you know, you become a manager or a senior manager or an executive of some, some description, or you have a or, or you have a house or a family. There is more and more responsibility that comes with that. So each decision has certain consequences, hence looking backwards rather than looking forwards. So but it is possible. It's just about different the way younger people, people in their 20s would take steps. They probably take more risky steps, more ambitious steps than someone who is in their 30s and 40s who feels that they've got certain consequences. So small steps would be probably more appropriate for them
0: yeah and it's funny because you said you burnt the bridges and that's something like tony robbins kind of mentions in his books like to burn those bridges so you can go all in into one thing and just see where it takes you and one thing i want to mention is that the importance of family and friends when you take on these decisions and i want to say was there anything in particular that people said to you that really helped you and is there anything that you can take away from what people said because i know sometimes when you make these decisions lots of people might be like oh, you shouldn't do this, Serena, I really think you should reconsider. And you're going to hear this quite a lot because I feel like in a sense, some people are quite uncomfortable with change themselves. And how were you able to handle that?
1: Uh, Well, I, I didn't talk to a lot of people when I decided to make that change. I felt like a lot, there was a lot of shame that came with that as well, because who does that? Who, who, you know, kind of, mid-30s decides this is what I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to change everything. And I suppose when you talk about something like life coaching, uh, but especially to people who were in my industry, um, there is a, there's, there's a lot of um, preconception like any industry but there is a lot of preconception with life coaches and there's a lot of preconception with with doing uh, on uh, having an online business and everything like that of which I knew at the time very little about both um and I just took it really slowly I told my family first um and my actually I I got a real shock because I think they were just really pleased that I was going to be doing something that I was really passionate about so I was shocked on that level and I started to tell more and more people and they became I mean I only had someone someone once sort of challenge me and I really enjoyed the challenge and she said well I don't really understand life coaches because if you are going to be a life coach then surely that means that your life is perfect and that's always stayed with me and that really is just not the case um but it is it's it's an ever-evolving process and I found more and more and more that people are more accepting of it because I suppose I'm more accepting of it within myself so I I sort of take in what I want to take in and sort of what everyone else thinks it, it it's less important to me now than it than it was probably when I first made the transition.
0: Yeah and I feel that's a really big thing in terms of like your overall perspective when you make these big decisions you kind of like I don't want to say like we care less necessarily, but the value of other things that we might have valued prior uh, kind of decreases, and what do you think's really changed for you in that kind of way, just generally in your life since you made that transition
1: are you talking about just what 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 what's become more important to me
0: yeah, exactly, so what's become more important what do you think was once important and now become less important as you mentioned like oh, i tell you, I'll tell you
1: one things. thing people's opinions people's opinions like back when I was, I suppose when you're, when you're working for clients and you're, you know, it's anything that you're doing is, is so important. So opinion is, is important. And of course my client's opinion now is really important because they wouldn't renew with me or they wouldn't sign up with me if, if, if they didn't have a, a, a good feeling to work with me. But I mean, aside from, from that people's opinions to me mean very little apart from my close friends and close family. Whereas before I was really worried about what others would think, you know, what are people going to think if I suddenly change, you know? And I was thinking about people that I knew for five minutes, 10 years ago. I mean, the, the, the things that go on in your head are crazy. Cause you just think to yourself, well, why do I even care what that person thought, thinks of me? Yeah. Like when on earth are they going to see me? And you know what you realize you're just not that important. So you changing whatever it is that you're changing on your website or your, or your LinkedIn or whatever it is, it doesn't really matter, but you know, people are going to have their opinion of you regardless. So that for me was the most significant change. Now for for me, if I want to, if I want to change my niche and what I'm doing, I'll just change my niche because I feel it's the right thing to do for myself and my clients rather than anything else. So that's the biggest change for me.
2: So, and for those listening on Spotify right now, you won't be able to see, but Manny and I are literally nodding on like, yeah, that's such like, we're just nodding on like, yeah, the, that's great point. You know, we totally agree. So people listening, you know, hundred percent, this is super solid advice that we echo completely. Um, but just move on to something a little bit different. You've previously mentioned that you've created a program for other life coaches that you wish you had when you first started out. Can you describe that a little bit for us?
1: Yeah, I mean, when I started a few years ago, I knew nothing about online. I my Facebook account wasn't even my name. Um, that's how much I didn't want people to like check me out online um, and. I didn't, I didn't even know you could really be educated online. I mean, I trained for a year online and what happens in that process, especially for someone new, for someone who doesn't know the internet. Well, I suppose it's not the internet that well, but there are certain ways of building a business online that are not familiar to a vast majority of people. So they come in and they think they're going to be a life coach. And, and get lots of clients when they when they 've finished their training, and what happens is you wait for that certification to come through, and you 're like yes i 've done the exam and yes i 'm certified now as coach, where are all the people um, and you start scratching the surface, and what you realize is that you get lots of people starting to sell to you so Facebook ads and come and, you know, come and do, you know, 10k in a month and do this and do this and do this. And what happens is you get this shiny object syndrome and you think, oh, okay, well, I, I should be doing this and I should be doing this and I should be doing this. And what happens is unless you have a really, really good understanding of who you are and who you're serving, it's going to be really, really tough. And I, I did it the hard way. It's going to be really, really tough to find yourself and find business and find clients who want to work with you um over a period of time so it's really important that we, what I found is pulling this program together I found that it takes away that sort of shiny object syndrome. It's telling you, yeah, you know what, actually you are going to have to do the hard work. You're not, this is not kind of like in three months, you're going to be earning this amount and you're going to have 25 clients and all of that. Let's get the core first. Let, let's get an understanding of what your mind, what the hurdles are in your minds, how that's, how that's operating for you. And let's put a structure together, a strategic structure that is going to allow you to really understand who it is that you're serving and, and all the strategies that you need sort of moving forward to get your first sort of three to five clients. And I wish I had that when I first started off because I did, I did so many different courses. I did, I got myself certified and I did I did probably about five or six other courses and I just wish I had someone tell me, right, all you need to do is focus on your products. If you can focus on like a really, really amazing product, you can sell it like that.
2: I love the the concept of shiny object syndrome. I'm going to, I'm definitely going to keep them in the back burner when I'm thinking of things that I might be getting distracted by or might be idolizing that I shouldn't be. Shiny object (laughs) syndrome, good thing to take down. I like it. Um, Yeah. But it sounds like you're quite a good motivator in terms of you know you've been you don't want to te- you don't want to sell people a false dream of oh in three months you'll be earning 25k of x amount of clients you want to just be more realistic and uh, that if that means that the people who you're actually you know trying to coach are also themselves become more realistic which is very important but in terms of motivation outside of, you know, business and life coaching in general, I know you did an episode on procrastination on your own podcast, but if people are finding motivation difficult to come by, is there any surefire things that you go to or that you've been taught that could help you lift your spirits a little bit and give you that little kick up the backside to get started with something?
1: Yeah, I think think what happens with people who are not motivated and hey, we've all been there and I'm talking to you as someone who goes up and down in motivation. The best way to get motivated is to put a routine in place. You always think with motivation, you need to have like some, something almost shiny to go towards. You need like this amazing goal to kind of head towards. And that's going to be a big motivator. And let me tell you, it absolutely is as well. But if you are sort of stuck and you're not feeling great about yourself and you're not seeing, you know, there are lots of people out there that just feel like they're in this sort of mundane cycle. The best way to become motivated, the best way to sort of get yourself going is to put a routine in place. If you're able to wake up in the morning, even if it's a case of wake up, make your bed, get dressed and go for a walk, that is going to, if that's not something that you do generally, that's going to change the way that you start and, 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 and continue your day. Um, if that's something that you do too, and you're still not feeling motivated, then it's adding something else into your day that is part of the routine. So whether that is, I mean, journaling might be a little bit out there for some of your listeners, but whether it's journaling just so that you can kind of do like a, what I call like a brain dump and just get all your thoughts down on paper, or whether it's starting to do some additional exercise or eating better, it's all of those things. So it's all about, for me, i always think if you are physically healthy you're going to it's going to help your mental health uh, wellness and vice versa it's 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 a it's a friendship it's a it's it's a, it's a connect it's all connected so if you are making sure that from a perspective of health and wellness you are eating as well as you possibly can and you are doing it only needs to be 10 minutes of something that you do every single day. This is not like a four hour routine in the morning that you need to, that you need to kind of dedicate your life to. If you can do something on a regular basis, that's 10 minutes long, you are going to change the way that you see the world and yourself. And you are really going to start an element of motivation within inside you. I just, I task anyone to do that for one week and not feel more motivated than they do at this particular point of listening to this podcast.
0: I'm super glad you mentioned that, Serena, because lots of people, they have a calendar or a schedule and I feel like you can kind of demonize those things and really dislike them and you realize, oh, my schedule says I need to eat from 12 to like one and it's like 10 past one, I'm eating lunch and lots of people really get caught up in that kind of ideas so um, I quite like the fact that it's a loose routine but it's just continually trying to do like four or five things maybe every single day so I'm really gonna take note of that because I think for me that's something that I sometimes do struggle with where it's like I think I was like oh this is the time I said I'm gonna do something and you see all these memes like oh I said I'm gonna wake up at eight it's like it's eight ten now I'm gonna wake out of bed at nine instead of eight and it really does like resonate with me really well and, just moving a little bit to what you said like previously it seems like and I don't want to make assumptions here but moved away from what you were doing because you wanted to be more happy and you seem uh, like a person who uses like reasonable justifications for why you said it earlier like you like the maths you like the the science the logic behind everything and do you feel like most people need to focus on happiness in their personal lives in order to get their career to be more successful or can you bring about it in a different way?
1: No, I just I honestly feel like there is a, there is a big difference between um, success at work and happiness, and I I mean that in a sense okay. that um, I used to be very successful in my old career, but I wasn't very happy. And I also know life coaches and well, coaches generally who are doing extremely well. They've got, they're, they're fully booked out and they've got some great courses, but it's not necessarily the coaching that they want to do. And when they find the coaching that they want to do, they flourish even more. It's really important to understand what your version of success is and it, it really varies from everyone else for, for, to anyone else. So success for one person could be you know earning a million pounds a year and that would be really successful to them buy whatever yeah. they want and travel the world and everything else. Success for someone else might be wanting to go into philanthropy and really help other people. Success for someone else might mean that they they want to just have a family and people around them that are are really caring and loving and whatever success looks like to you it's important to start making those steps towards whatever it is that you you feel like and they're without judgment. you know it doesn't matter if that you know if you want to earn a whole bunch of money great earn a whole bunch of money if you want to have a life where there's a whole bunch of family around you and that's so important to you, then start making those steps. And it's, it's important that you start moving your mind from a, a place of acceptance. Like this is my life to what would I like my life to look like? And, and and what's what small steps can I start making in order to, get to that space because as soon as you do that the success and happiness balance works in in conjunction with each other it doesn't mean that you don't have bad days like my bad days now are completely different to my bad days before so my bad days now i I think to myself okay this was tough today this was tough today this didn't work out today i didn't get this client's day or whatever it is but the the thread that keeps me along is I've just got this vision and I know that that's fine. I'm meant to have the down days. It's absolutely fine. Whereas before the down days meant like the whole world was crashing down. So if you can understand what success is like for yourself, then you can really balance life out. So you, you know, you can manage those harder days much easier than if you weren't in that space, if you felt successful, but really weren't very happy.
0: And I, I'm glad you kind of put them together and put them in conjunction because lots of people sometimes over-index on happiness, which then might impact their success and vice versa. Uh, did you feel like at one point you were trying to in- over-index on happiness, and then you realised you were happy, but you weren't really in the place where you wanted to be career-wise, and vice versa?
1: Um, I think just really, I was I was successful, but wasn't happy. And um, yeah, but now you know, I I mean at a start of a much bigger much longer life career so i know that there's there's you know the success is 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 on its way up and you know my my happiness will always be at this level because no matter what happens it's you know there's a level of responsibility that i have now that you know in six years time will be much higher and, and yet I will be more successful, but the the happiness will still be balanced because there'll be so much more responsibility that comes with that as well. So, you know, it's, life is, is, is 50% positive and 50% negative. And I think understanding that is really, really life changing because if you think that life is always meant to be amazing, then you are going to be hugely disappointed when something goes wrong. If you understand that we're meant to, you know, we wouldn't understand happiness if we didn't understand sadness. So it's important to have that balance. It's important to know the scale. And, you know, sometimes it's great to feel uncomfortable because feeling uncomfortable means that you are pushing yourself into something. And uncomfortableness um, might not, be a positive emotion it might be a negative emotion but it it has positive outcomes so really understanding the balance um, and knowing that life no matter what stage you are at at life that there will be that balance of positive and negative and 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 living through both of them is is a much way to harmonize your life than than thinking that it's
2: always going to be positive or it's always going to be negative And speaking about positive and negative, uh, there's uh, a bit of a different one here, but there are a few negative connotations surrounding being a life coach. And we're wondering if we're able to bounce a couple of those off of you, if that's okay.
1: Yeah, bring it. Um,
2: So the first stereotype that I hear, because a few of my friends are psychology students, and they kind of have a bit of animosity towards life coaches because, you know, as a psychology student, they're studying for X amount of years or whatever. And there's this stereotype that life coaches are under-trained for the tasks that they accomplish. What do you think about this? What are your thoughts on it?
1: Well, you know, life coaching, it's not a regulated industry. So yeah, it's a very, it's a very quick and easy thing to say that. And there are some life coaches, you know, you can get qualified as a life coach after doing two days of life coach training. So I, I understand for, for, from that point of view. However, if you are someone that is looking for a life coach, you are going to do your due diligence. So you are going to make sure that that person has testimonials that are just skyrocketing. I know a lot of psychologists that have moved from psychology to becoming a life coach because they really really love this idea of getting people from where they are to where they want to be in the future and there are times you know and i'm trained on this a lot is you know there are times that someone comes to me and they are you know they're out of my wheelhouse essentially you know I, i'm not qualified to work with them. They will need a therapist. They will need something else. And it, you understanding who it is that is coming to you and not, and not being sort of graspy Oh, I need to get clients. I need to get clients. It's knowing that, right, this particular person is actually not for me. We don't, we're, we're, that person needs a psychologist. That person needs a psychiatrist and that's fine. They just, they just, we're not qualified to look after certain types of individuals with, with certain types of, um, uh, situations. So understanding that as a life coach is, is, is really important. I do understand that stereotype. It's something that I, I was very familiar with back in the day, but, um, I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's a psychologist or a life coach or anyone in any industry, you have to go on the person, you have to go on their qualifications, you have to go on their testimonials, you have to do your due diligence. So anyone can tell you anything. I've, you know, I've heard many stories of doctors, you know, not taking their tests and still acting as doctors. You can just, it just depends who it is.
2: Yeah, I think that's a a great answer because yeah, it is it, it's definitely being about being self aware and being aware of where you you know, you don't wanna lie to someone and be like, Yeah, I can solve all your problems when really in reality you not those problems aren't for you to be solving. They're for someone else, maybe a specialist, for example. But or maybe they will be right up your street and then you'll be like, Okay, I can help with this, which is a great thing to hear about. So, stereotype number two is that some life coaches are out of touch with the reality. You know, they talk about all these th- crass things like sayings and phrases and they speak like buddha and stuff like that and maybe it's the case of some life coaches but i'd love to hear what you think about that
1: um it's that is an interesting question because i think that you take you take from i think like sayings like that what you want to take from it as a life coach you understand the mind in a certain way so when when you are i suppose when you are resaying re-saying certain things that have been said like positive affirmations you're saying them from a different space than someone than someone who is hearing it from the for the first time and your ability to understand uh, where those things are coming from um, is very different to someone who might be cynical or might um, not might have just seen that for the first time and just think oh it's all about positive affirmations and and that sort of thing and you know there's there's a lot to be said. I, I'm not a huge <laughs> I'm not a huge person for positivity, positivity, positivity. I'm actually very much all about um, productivity, um, and I find that's that's really really important. There is a lot to be said for training the mind to think in a more um, proactive and positive way versus how the mind really wants to be. So our minds from from caveman days. Want to revert to what we know, and what we know sometimes is uh, a repeat of what we've been told. So, if we are told constantly that this is nonsense, we are going to automatically think it's nonsense. It's much harder for us to start to look outside of what we believe um, and think that there are possibilities within certain spaces. So, um, a life coach has that has worked their mind to the point where they are taking themselves out of that sort of mindset and starting to use curiosity and positivity in order to help train other people's minds and sometimes they do that via positive quotes and positive affirmations and that sort of thing so there is there's a bit of science behind that but people take you you'll take it for what you want to take it for
2: yeah, exactly. And I hope people listening to this will be able to, you know, actually hear what Serena has to say and actually take it into account and think, actually, yeah, that's that's a good point. It makes a lot of sense. Because I know some people, when we mentioned that about life coaches and stuff like that, they, they kind of roll their eyes a little bit, but it's so much more than that. And I'm glad that we've got you here today, Serena, to clear those things up. So, the last stereotype I wanted to balance off you, which is a bit of a, a more controversial one, is that life coaches are trying to avoid their own problems by solving other peoples what do you think about that
1: like anything like if you I mean you hear that you know those who can't teach and you hear you hear all of these different like people you can you can go through stereotype and stereotype and stereotype but you know no one's life is perfect no one's life is 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 full of joy all the time so what a life coach does is it a life coach is just able to manage their mind and it doesn't mean that they don't have the same struggles. It doesn't mean that they, they, um, they approach things in, in a different way. I always look at it as, so this is how I see it. This is my sort of version of life coaching. If you are training to run an 800 meter race and you are not training to run an 800 meter race and you both have to, and two of you have to run an 800 meter race you are going to both be able to make it. You're both able body people, but one's trained and one hasn't. Now what happens is you get to the end, maybe the one that's trained has got there first, but the one that's trained will recover within a certain period of time, probably 20 minutes. And I'm just guessing we 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 can all take different times, but the one that hasn't trained is going to take significantly longer to get over um the 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 800 meters so they might take half an hour they might take 40 minutes they might take an hour their body might react in a completely different way because they haven't trained and that really is like life coaching it doesn't mean that you're not going to experience sadness it doesn't mean that you're not going to experience anger and pain and all of those things you just have the capabilities to manage it better and recover quicker that's that's it in a nutshell really
0: and i actually wanted to talk about what joseph was saying about how life coaches like, might not have their lives in a good place and they use it to avoid their problems. I, don't, I think it's because of what people think a life coach is. And someone actually said this to me, They're like, a life coach is not going to be able to solve all your problems or any of your problems, really. They're there to guide you along the way so you can solve the problems yourselves. And, and I think that's where people think, where even you said earlier, Serena, that someone said to you, oh, if you're a life coach, your life has to be perfect. That's not the point. It's more of they're here to guide you in a certain manner and like where you said about running, they're here to guide you with certain exercises, certain things that you need to do, certain stretches. But ultimately you have to decide yourself to take upon those decisions to break down the resistances that you have in your own life. And I just want to mention that really quickly before moving on to uh, one of the few final questions, because I think that's, a, that's something that I feel like was necessary to share because I know lots of people have their own preconceived ideas of what a life coach really is. Yeah,
1: totally. I think um, we're there to, I always say that, I'm sitting on the couch with you and we're both going to look at your mind together. And really it's to help you see where you're putting barriers up in your, in your head and becoming, you know, taking more responsibility, becoming less of a victim, all of those things, just pulling them out and saying, look, here, here is a possible path. Here are some options that you can be thinking of. And here is how you, here, here, here is, here is a regular thought that you constantly, think and because we think things constantly and 90 percent of our thoughts are subconscious we don't know sometimes that we're getting in our own way and a life coach really is there or any coach can be a sports coach they're there to be the sort of like the overviewer the overseer and say have you noticed that you've said this have you noticed that you're not doing this because you think this and just really bring those those thoughts out to the surface and make them very conscious
0: yeah 100 percent. i totally agree and Uh, just coming up to the final few questions i wanted to ask like you've obviously started your business and you're doing really well and we're really happy for you And i want to say that from the bottom of my heart honestly we really appreciate you jumping on as well but when did you realize that this was feasible and once was it when you realized the money was coming in or did you feel like you know i'm just gonna put like you've already said you kind of put all your eggs in one basket i'm just going to make this work
1: i just knew it was the right thing for me it, it, it made me happy it felt like this is what i was meant to be doing i love the different uh for me i love the different um elements that it brings it allows me to sort of have well any business owner you have to have several different hats so yeah. um you know i'm able to I, I like the fact that i i've got a podcast and i can interview incredible people i like the fact that you know i can i can Learn, learn more how to create um, incredible content. How I can sell. How I can become a better coach for the people that I'm coaching. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm working to become a positive psychology coach at the moment, and you know, I'm constantly bettering myself and learning about myself in order to help my clients. And there was really no point at the beginning where I thought I would be doing all of this. It just was a step-by-step process. It's really easy for someone to say, oh, I just woke up one morning and you know this just happened. And that really wasn't the case for me. It was, it was very much like, okay, I'm not gonna be doing one thing anymore. I need to start looking at doing something else. I'm gonna create a little bit of a routine for myself and I'm gonna start listening to career change podcasts and all of that sort of stuff and it just started little steps little steps from from there so um what i'm doing now two three years ago i I wouldn't have thought that i would ever be doing something like this
0: i really just want to acknowledge you for your uh, honesty because lots of people just say that they've got their life figured out one day like you said i wake up and that was it i kind of just knew there was change but there's obstacles along the way i want your honesty on something that was a bit more of a personal question for me because I've seen that you've worked in so many different locations. Which place did you enjoy the most, and why? Why? Like, obviously, say we're quite lucky in the fact that you're in a different country and you're able to jump on. But what place do you feel like really connected with you?
1: Uh, well, it's it's hard. I was thinking about this earlier, actually. I mean, London for me is incredible you're always at the cusp of a new you know the new age thing if you if anyone's going to know it's going to be sort of like the main cities of the world and London is definitely up there and London for me was really really exciting I I got a lot of experience there a lot of friends but my heart is in LA my heart is in California and you know it was my first ever job was out in the states uh, in California and I just even though I got far more love and experience from in terms of a career in london i mean there's there's nothing like working in california
2: beautiful i honestly i'd love to go there that uh, going to such amazing places sounds so cool so maybe you know i'm still young could, could head out there which would be pretty awesome but to, <laughs> to, just, to just finish off for today's episode and as we've come to the end and we've heard so many amazing things about motivation and change and busting stereotypes and about happiness it's been a fantastic podcast i'm really happy to have you on serena it's been great um Thank you so much. but for those listening what is the one thing you'd like people to take away from this episode
1: i think the key thing is you're not always right So when you start telling yourself like, yeah, it's all right for her or it's all right for this person. or it's all right for that person, but not for me. No one really understands my situation. Our brains are wired to think like that. Our brains are wired to kind of subconsciously really, really think that whatever our circumstances is at that point won't necessarily change. And I'm not talking about everyone, but I am talking to those people who feel stuck. Um, And what I'm telling you is that you're not always right and you have the ability to change your thoughts. And the only way that you can change your thoughts is start to give yourself more open-ended questions rather than thinking, this isn't gonna work for me. Start to ask yourself more open-ended questions like how can I work towards this? Or how can I um, come up with different ideas to explore this? It can just be really basic, take one little step at a time. It doesn't need to be like these massive colossal steps, but just know that you're not always right and you have the opportunity to to change.
2: I love that. I love that. And yeah, hopefully people listening can, can, if they are feeling like they want to make that change, they want to have some introspection and realize maybe 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 I'm not right. Maybe I'm not king of the world. I know that I thought that at 12 years old, I thought I was always right because my view (laughs) of the world is so small. And now, of course, I know that that's not the case. So, um, yeah, I want to thank you once again, Serena, for coming on. Is Just before we go, actually, where can people find you and all of your online presence and all of your your stuff that you get up to? Where can people find that?
1: So um, you can come to my um, website, which is serenadodd.com. Or my relatively new Facebook group, which is called The Coaching Nest. And that really is for coaches that are just starting out, who really um, want to kind of get the basics of how, how to coach, how to build your business, and just be in a community of people, of like-minded people, really. So those two spaces.
2: Fantastic. And for people listening, those links will be in our Spotify description. So hopefully it'll be very easy to find. And I guess without further ado, thank you for Serena for joining us. Thank you, Manny, for being a fantastic host, as always. Uh, We are the DMC Podcast, and you can find us at the official DMC Podcast on Instagram. We do ask that you share with one friend, just one, you know, we don't do any any advertisement or anything like that. So if you do share one friend, people listening, that would be fantastic. This is the DMC Podcast, signing off.